This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Chicken It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Happy Juneteenth delay. We were off on Juneteenth celebrating the holiday, but we're back today to talk more about your Baltimore Ravens and J.K. Dobbins has been the talk of the town lately. Um, We know that there's some inferences going on regarding what he is dealing with with his contract situation. Hasn't been confirmed if he's um, sitting out uh, or or sitting in, excuse me. But there's some telltale signs that feels like he is. He did have an interview with WJZ's Mark Viviano, and this is what he had to say when asked about his contract situation. I would love to be a Baltimore Raven for the rest of my career because I love the city. I love the people. It feels like family here. The business side is very hard. It's very different. It's part of the dream, and it's something that I'm blessed with, to, to deal with the business side of that. You know, you saw with Lamar, it's, always, it's, never, it's never just roses and daisies. It can be hard at times, you know, and it's, it's business, though. So it's, it's part of the dream, though. So, of course, you know, he's saying all the right things, right, Cordell? He's like, I love Baltimore. I want to be here. I want to be a Raven. I mean, understandable, right? I mean, this is the team that drafted him. And I'm sure that, you know, organizationally, I'm sure that it's a place that he would like to continue his career. Uh, Now, there's been speculation, of course, that uh, he is not – happy with the contract situation. We know he's entering the final year of his contract and that he's looking for a new one and that he's doing a sit-in. And it appears that uh, he was supposed to practice and then somehow, some way, he was not able to practice. So when you look at the situation, Cordell, with JK, um, you know, do you feel like he's making the right choice if he is doing a sit-in? Because we do not know. And those are allegations. He has not confirmed that, although it does feel that way. We have to make sure that we're clear that he did not come out and say he did a a sit-in. So when you look at a potential um, holding in situation, how do you feel that works out for JK and ultimately the Ravens? I mean, I I don't think it works out for JK at all, to be honest with you. I, I think, you know, JK has had a weird career to this point and we've talked about that before um we've talked about the way that the running back position is devalued uh nowadays 
Um, and you combine all of that with also the fact that the Ravens, I think, have some formidable backs and uh, Gus Edwards, who's there, Justice Hill, who's been there this entire time, getting a lot of reps, and they really do like Justice Hill for a variety of reasons. Um, and then you have the best mobile quarterback in the league in your backfield. Their running game isn't going to go away if J.K. Dobbins decides he doesn't want to get on the field for the Ravens. I'm not saying that they're a better team without J.K., obviously. J.K. Dobbins is the best running back they have. They are a different team when he's healthy and he's back there with Lamar. But they also have guys like Gus Edwards, who is a career five-plus yard uh, a per carry guy. Justice Hill last year averaged over five yards a carry. Lamar Jackson is a thousand-yard rusher in this league. Like they'll be okay. And for Dobbins, I, I just think this is kind of hustling backwards. I usually side with the player um, because usually the teams are going to be, I mean, the, the team isn't going anywhere. The team was here before Dobbins. They'll be here long after Dobbins is done. You know, um, they're, they're fine, but I'm always for players getting theirs as they can, because you don't know how long you're going to be in this league. And Dobbins right. to this point has shown, you know, tomorrow is not a guarantee. So, I, while I understand his frustrations, um, I also don't think this moves the needle at all. I don't think it may necessarily impact what the Ravens were going to do long term with J.K. Dobbins. I, I felt like Dobbins was and his time in Baltimore was was numbered anyway. You know, I think both sides probably are ready for a split if you really ask them truthfully. Really? Yeah, I, I honestly think so. I mean, what has. Okay. It, it, if you're J.K. Dobbins to this point, what can you say? The Ravens, honestly, what have the Ravens done if you're J.K. Dobbins? Like, your year one, they're hesitant to really go to you. They're giving Mark Ingram probably a longer leash than he probably should have. And then by the time Dobbins gets becomes the guy, you know, you see what he can do. Year two, obviously, he gets hurt in the preseason game. He's still pissed about that. You know, he he'll bring that up to this day. Um, and then last year, you know, yeah, he, he comes back. He's still not right. He goes gets and gets the knee scope, and he comes back. And that I give the Ravens a little bit of a pass. You don't know what Dobbins is capable of. You don't want to overwork him. He's frustrated about his uh, his impact in the games. He wants more opportunities. Like, I'm not blaming the Ravens. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if I'm Dobbins, you know, it's not like my career has just been so great in Baltimore. It's a lot of question marks. And in his mind, he may blame the Ravens for some of the things that have happened to him to this point. And if you're the Ravens, we've already talked about it. You, you know, the running back position, they're coming in like running water. You're not looking, you got to get cheap labor somewhere. You're now in the Lamar era of the, of the money. You have to get cheap labor. Running back position is the way to do it. I just look at it from both sides and I feel like it's time for a split. I mean, I understand your point in saying that, you know, it's it's possible that there's a clean slate that might be needed for JK. I don't necessarily know, um, you know, for the Ravens, cause, because and I say that because I don't think that there's a question that JK is the best running back in the mm -hmm. group. Um, and so I, I don't want to um, act like, you know, 
oh, you know, the competition is is close. I, I do think that he is unquestionably the best back when he's healthy. No. Um, that being said, they do have other good running backs on the roster, and that does help uh, lessen the blow of sorts. You know, although Gus is is a, basically a bowling ball <laughs> in the way that he runs because he runs very hard, he still can give you five yards of carry. And Justice Hill is very similar to in terms of um, – size and speed of what JK can do. So I understand the Ravens saying, well, this is something that we could potentially move on from. Um, and I can understand JK might wanting to feel that way too. But I mean, so I understand people lie. And so people say things, but you don't think for one bit him saying, you know, I love Baltimore. I love the city. I would love to stay resonates or has some truth to that. Uh, or you just feel like that's just contract talking. No, I, I, I do. I do. I think he I think he means it when he says he loves the city and he loves, you know, being in Baltimore. He probably loves the fans, I'm sure. The fans have done nothing but show JK love and he's done the same to them. Yeah. I, I believe him when he says that. And you know, it's still a, a big time organization that has Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. They've got a nice core. You know, when you talk about their key players being under contract long term, they have a nice group that you would want to play with. And really, J.K., nobody knows how valuable J.K. can be more than the Ravens do. So he under I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. He's playing the game, but also it, it could be truth. Um, but I, I just think when you look at it, you know, when you start really talking about it, I I just don't think he look, if the Ravens are going to pay him, he'll, you know, gladly he'll be there. Um, but if he's not, I I, I think maybe in his mind, I, I could honestly see it in his. I don't know this to be true. I'm just looking at it from his point of view. Right. I could, I could understand it if he was like, I'm ready for a change, too. I mean, think about it. he's 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 complained a lot. JK, yes, yes. you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it just doesn't come off as a guy that's so in love with the situation he's in. Like, that's it, fair. Use a change, it seems like. That's fair. I, I think that that's a fair point. And it could be, you know, he could just be a guy that likes to put his frustrations uh, on display and is very passionate and vocal no about those things. Yes. Um, and so maybe that doesn't change in any situation that he goes mm -hmm. to. And it, it's very possible that he's frustrated about how his career has gone. And it just so happens that he plays for the Ravens. So we're getting it from their locker room, obviously. Um, but it will be interesting because, as you said earlier, the running back position is very devalued. And I, I don't know how they're going to be on the same page in terms of, you know, value or if the Ravens are just like, you're probably going to be asking for more money than what we're willing to give. And so this will be your last year. Now, I don't know if that's something that you're interested in and saying, let's trade him so we can get some value from him. Or if you just allow him to play out his rookie contract and then in the offseason you say, okay, well, thank you for your time. See you later. And and I think that's what makes it so difficult is we understand what J.K.'s potential could be. Absolutely. Like he, he under, and, and I think we're just – too close to the situation, to be honest. I, I think if you look at it from a team that's on the other side of the country, you know, one of these other teams, and they're and they're looking at it, they're probably like, I don't know how much value J trade value JK would have. Oh, he's already a running back. He has had the injury issues. He, you know, he he doesn't have a lot of tape 
now that could be a good thing. It could be a good thing that he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body, you know, right. but also the fact of he's just not available. You know, it yeah. could be, it could be a combination of both mixed with obviously the way that the running back position is viewed. I don't know what they could get for him. Um, and, and in terms of paying them, I, I just look at it like if you're the Ravens, you feel like you can run the ball, honestly, no matter who you put back there, probably, you know, when you have Lamar and you have a healthy offensive line, like this isn't, you know, what, two years ago where they had their entire running back depleted, running back room depleted, and they had to go get guys like Le'Veon Bell and, and, and Devontae Freeman, Devontae Freeman. behind yeah. the bad offensive line that was you know this is a different offensive line this is a different system this is a healthy Lamar I I think in their mind you you're okay with exploring the idea of going to get a new running back through the draft for cheap and pairing them with the best mobile quarterback in the league who's also behind one of the best offensive lines in the in the league when healthy yeah, I agree with that. And and again, JK will let us know how everything is going because one thing oh, he's yeah. going to do is be vocal and make sure that uh, he lets us know how he feels about whatever situation he has going on. So uh, I fully expect potentially some more um, updates from JK as we get into training camp and regular season because again history shows that he has been very vocal about how he feels about things and I just feel like that there's some more tweets to come unless of course they find a way to um, sign him to a contract but we'll of see course. how that goes that that's to be determined basically. and I just want to make it clear I think Dobbins is a stud I yeah. think Dobbins is going to have a career year this year if healthy right. if he's primed to do that. I'm not trying to paint the picture that the Ravens don't need JK. Right. right. I'm just saying that, you know, on both sides, I'm, I'm just trying to look at it from both sides and you know, it is just what it is. Fair point. Have you subscribed to the winning drive podcast? If not hit the subscribe button so that every time that there is a new episode, you will be the first to know. So we last left with mini camps still going on, Cordell, and I know it's not going on anymore, but there were more mini camps that were um, administered after our last podcast. And so obviously, you know, there's multiple positions that we've talked about that are in competition, but there's one that to me is very important and very specific in terms of where we are, and that's uh, guard. And so obviously we've heard, you know, they had put Ba'alele over there for a little bit. You had mentioned John Simpson as well. Um, haven't really heard much from being Cleveland, so I'm just going to assume that that experiment is um, pretty much almost dead. It, it never got off ground. Okay, well, well, there's that. And so then there's a guy who, when I, I'm reading camp notes, and um, I was like, okay, this is a new name that's in the mix and I am going to do the best that I can to say this young man's name. I know they call him Sala, but let me try to say this man's name. Is, Ooh, uh, good luck. is it Male Sala? Amave Laulu. I feel like I did a really good job there. Clap for Close. me. Thank you so much. I, I, I don't know the exact pronunciation of the first name, uh, the the last name you were really close on. Uh, okay. I'm not going to try to say it, but I know how it's supposed to sound, <laughs> and and you were close to it. Now he he said he's okay, 
with being called Salah, so that'll make it okay for me. As long as he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. If he wasn't, I'd have tried to learn his name. Uh, but he he said Salah's okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like you said, he's in the mix at left yes. guard. Uh, so so give us some some information because this is a this is a new name that we had not discussed in previous mm-hmm. podcasts. And so I think it's fair for those who you know haven't had the opportunity to see or just really aren't fully aware of um, the Ravens roster, you know, what you saw potentially from this guy and, and, and how this guard competition is faring so far. Yeah. I mean, he definitely was a surprise when we started to see him thrown out there in the mix with the first team. Uh, and he was, it wasn't just like a one-time thing. He, once they put him out there, he was out there with the first team for the rest of minicamp. And Harb said they want to give guys a look. And I don't think that they're wasting time, you know, yeah. just having him do that. Now, granted, John Simpson got a lot of the first team reps uh, before this, before Sala was. So I think they've gotten a look of John, with John, with the first team with John Simpson. They know what that looks like, and they wanted to get an extended look at Sala. But it is a surprise to see him kind of thrown into the mix. This is a guy that they drafted in the sixth round this year uh, out of Oregon. And, you know, with Ben Powers gone, it obviously makes the left guard spot an open competition. I would say it's probably the most open competition uh, on the team right yeah. now. Um, and Salah, look, he's a he's a big guy. You know, six, he can move. Six, apparently. Yeah, is, that, he, is that true? Is he, he six, he, six he, and 322 pounds? Yeah, he's that's that's a big dude. And he can move. He can move uh, really? very strong. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I think he can, he looks the part, he looks the part, obviously the pads and stuff aren't on right now. So it's tough to really gauge what he can do, but for them, it's more about, is he understanding, you know, what his assignment is? Is he understanding his keys? Is he getting the adjustments from the quarterback or from Tyler Linderbaum right next to him? Is he, is he hearing them right? Is he doing what he's supposed to do? And I guess he is because he, you know, once he, like I said, once he got put in with that first team, He's pretty much stuck there. So it looks like it's a two-man battle to me between him and John Simpson. You mentioned Ben Cleveland. I really have not seen Ben Cleveland in at the guard spot at all. Uh, He's been mixed in as a backup tackle here and there. But, again, he he just seems like he's really – he really has an uphill battle um, to try to crack this roster. I'd be surprised if he does. Uh, but Salah, you know, I, I think it says a lot about the type of player that he is if they're willing to go to him. And we were surprised last year when Ben Powers won that guard spot pretty much hard. right away. Yeah, uh, he, he won it because really he had shown nothing uh, to that point. And Salah coming in as a rookie, John Simpson was a surprise alone. You know, they just got him this offseason and they must really like him because he's definitely been in the mix. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who comes out on top in in that spot. Um, But whoever it is, you know, definitely has the advantage of having Linderbaum and Stanley next to them. But they're both big guys. Right now, I I would have to say I do like Stahler's athleticism. Uh, John Simpson has probably the experience factor over him. But and, and he's a little more lower to the ground. He seems a little more sturdy. Um, but but Salah, he he he's a big bigger guy that if you know you talk about 
these guards being asked to pull and and to really get to the other side of the line and do it fast. Um, he seems like that guy that could that could be really dangerous in space. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that he, you know, has some really good athleticism and that, you know, look, he might not start the training camp as the left guard that they might go to. But, you know, if he probably gets some good reps in, it's very possible that he can have an opportunity to um, be in a true competition at left guard because they're still trying to figure this out. I think I'm just more surprised at the fact that. Uh, Ben Cleveland has a real opportunity to not even make the team. And they clearly have an, you know, an opening that he could very well be a part of trying to solidify that spot. And yet we're not having a conversation about him at all. Mm -hmm. It says a lot about where the Ravens are with him and him as well as a player. No doubt. I mean, and it's, you know, every draft pick isn't going to hit, you know, of course. Every, of everyone course. isn't going to be right. But and, and so I, I, I definitely understand it. But it's crazy with Cleveland because he's a big dude. I mean, you see him out there. He, he's a he's a he's a towering figure, you know, yeah. and he looks like if he could be athletic or, or be the type of player that they thought he could be, he could be dangerous. But, yep. you know, it's, it's just hasn't it hasn't worked out for him. And maybe it could somewhere else. And look, maybe he shows up to camp and, you know, he's a different guy and he's wowing <laughs> them and he does make this roster. Who knows? Right. Um, but I, I don't foresee that happening uh, right now. I, I think it is a good thing for the Ravens, though. Obviously, anytime you can get a guy in the sixth round, and I know that's typically where you're going to find some of these types of linemen anyway, but when you're able to get them, and get them at that type of value and they can be, you know, instant impacts, potential instant impacts on your team, at least right now in terms of Sala, that, that, that's great. That, that's a great uh, thing for them. And they need that left. They, they need that spot to be solidified. You look at, you look at this Ravens offensive line from right to left, you feel pretty good about it. You know, that right side, very veteran base with Stanley yep. and Zeitler, obviously, Linderbaum in the in the middle we think he's a pro bowl center and we know what Stanley can be you know when he's at his best and even when he's not at his best it looked pretty good watching Stanley out there last year so you know if they could get this left guard spot to kind of jump in line and 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 fall into place with the rest of these guys I, I think that's another reason to to buy into this new Ravens offense Real quick, do you, so are we excluding Fa'alele in terms of being the left guard, or, or are they keeping him reserved for tackle? I think he's a more of a tackle than a guard. Yeah. Me personally, I, yeah. I like Fa'alele more as a tackle than a guard. Um, and I started to see him less at guard as many camp went on. Yeah, um, I think you know, just projecting, I wouldn't be surprised if he's potentially, you know either you're starting right tackle next year or potentially you're starting right guard next year, depending on he and Voorhees. I think they want to give Voorhees a look at guard probably next year uh, because I think Falele at tackle is, is really where, where he belongs. Okay. All right. So this is a competition that we'll definitely be on the lookout for as soon as training camp starts, which honestly is not too far from now. I know you think five and a half weeks is a long time, but you know, it really moves pretty quickly. So that'll be something we'll definitely be keeping our eyes out for. 
If you haven't subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so that every time Cordell and I drop a new episode, you will be the first to know. So obviously, they, the Ravens have some young pass rushers in a Jabo in a way. And as of right now, it appears that the Ravens are on a, we're going to see how this goes approach. Obviously, things can change and they can con- make a move in the offseason still before the start of training camp, Cordell. But as of right now, those two young guys are projected to be um, the outside linebackers and the pass rushers for the Ravens. When you look at this roster and you see how it, it's constructed, because they do have other rushers and Tyus Bowser and such, do you feel like that they could use another body? And if so, are there what are your options? If you say, okay, yes, they could, and these are the guys that I think that they should potentially go after. Yeah, I mean, look, you talk about the the two young pass rushers, Owe and Ajabo. I, I think out of those two, Ajabo is probably the guy that's most that, that I'm believing the most. Yeah, right same. Now. I mean, we we've gotten to look at uh, you know, Owe for a couple of years now, and. Is, is still more room to grow for sure. Yes. The addition of Chuck Smith could turn out to be, you know, a godsend for the Ravens. I've said it before. I think that Chuck Smith could be the best pickup they've had uh, in this offseason if he can get something out of Owe and Ajabo. That said, um, I do believe that they'll still go out there and get another veteran pass rusher. There's not many out there. You know, obviously they've got the ties to Justin Houston. Uh, see if they want to go year three with him. Um, maybe a, a Jadavion Clowney, but that doesn't do much for me. Um, honestly, if you're talking about guys that are out there, it's, it's not much left. It's honestly not much left. Frank Clark was the last guy yeah. to get picked up, um, and I'm not. I'm not really seeing a, a lot more. A lot more, you know, guys that are making me jump over the moon when I'm looking at some of these veteran pass rushers that are still left out on the market. So uh, I'll introduce this to you uh What about a trade, because we know that Daniel Hunter is not happy um, and wants a new contract. Mm -hmm. And um, we know that there's a running back that wants a new contract for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you feel like that that's a potential scenario in which you swap players? So I, I, I would, if they didn't just let Dalvin Cook go, I think they really believe in Alexander Madison. That's that's the vibe I get. I, okay. I, feel, I feel like they really believe in him. Now, in a perfect situation, if it if it wasn't necessarily the Vikings, and we're talking about another team that's in need of a running back, definitely that would probably be an easy swap. But here, you're probably having to go potentially the Patrick. Patrick Queen route, and I don't know if I would like to trade Queen. I probably would want to keep Queen on the roster this year. I think the yeah. is better with him yeah. than without him. And their need for pass rusher isn't that big for you know. Um, I, if they could for, get to trade, the, you mean to, it's in terms of trading? Well, for what they would have to give up for a guy like Daniel Hunter, I don't know if their need for a pass rusher is that big. Okay. I think they they need depth at the as a you know in the pass rush department, but I don't know if they if you if you're going out to Daniel Hunter, you need him to be your guy. You know, you need him to be your starter, um, and that's going to cost you you know to to go that route. So 
that that's the only thing. Um, but if they could get Daniil Hunter, you know, it'd be great. It, it now turns into, okay, what happens with Owe at that point? Um, because he's probably going to be the guy that I think takes a little more of a backseat for, okay. for Daniil Hunter. Um, okay. What, there's a guy that we are familiar with in mm-hmm. this town that has been a Raven before that appears to be available, and that is Yannick. Mm-hmm. Now, he's we, know he wasn't, we know he wasn't really thrilled about his right. time with the Ravens. However, I think it's fair to acknowledge that that defensive coordinator is not here anymore. Right. There's a new defensive coordinator. Do you think that that, could, that reunion could potentially be something to look into? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've thought about it, and I think it honestly will boil down to the relationship at that point. Like you said, Wink is gone. Yeah, Um, It's a new defensive coordinator. They do things differently. They're not Mm -hmm. just, you know, having guys do two and three different things. It seems like guys, at least the the guys on the front line, they have a distinct role. Uh, to go after the quarterback as opposed to before you might have to drop out in coverage. You might have to, you know, do more contain as opposed to actually rushing. So this could be a situation where Ngakwe, who we know can get to the quarterback, just couldn't get to the quarterback in Baltimore when he, when he was here. Um, so I am, you know, that's a little intriguing. I think it would just boil down to how much, how does he feel about the Ravens, you know, and mm. what do what does DaCosta, how, where does DaCosta stand with uh, Yannick Ngakwe and his representation? But that would be an intriguing one. And he is, a, he's still kind of maybe like that borderline potential starter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I could see, I, I, I could kind of understand more of a, him being a part of a rotation than I can Daniel Hunter. But I, I do think Ngakwe is a guy that, definitely has the resume to to be a starter. He's not great in the run. Um so that could help them in terms of being able to put him in a rotation, keep Adafe Owe out there uh to kind of seal the edge, but yeah. And Gakwe is intriguing. I mean, I definitely think that that's something if both parties are willing to look into. I think that that's uh, some tires that you might want to kick. I love Justin Houston. I think he's a phenomenal man. Um, I think he's a good player. My concern is is that how much gas is left in Dang. his tank because he's not he's not a spring chicken, you know. Right. In NFL years, he's geriatric basically, right. and so you do wonder if he does come back how much of a presence would he really, you know, be allowed? Now, he he definitely had a great start. I mean, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as the season goes on, it's, it's wear and tear. And so that is a concern. So do you definitely – do you try to go youth there in terms of, you know, when you bring someone in or do you go with what you know? And, I'm, and I say what you know because it's not that we don't know what Yannick can do, but right. to me what we saw from him here as was a sample size – and also in a different system. With Houston, we, we he was here a couple of years. He's been in both systems. We know what he can do in the current system in which the Ravens run. So it's something that, you know, I feel like that those those are the things that the Ravens are going to look into. But definitely, um, I do think from, from an insurance perspective for a way, you do need to find some depth there that can help him out when he's struggling, if he's struggling. I, I obviously don't want him to. Um, I hope he doesn't. But if there's a case where he's struggling, he's not being consistent, someone could come in and step in for him. 
Yeah, I, I really think we'll be able to tell how much they really trust Adafe Owe by the type of player that they do bring in. If yeah. they do go after a Daniel Hunter, I think that tells you, you know, that they because I, I think they're a hundred percent in on Ajabo. I oh, absolutely. Believe Ajabo I do too. Would be a stud. They don't want to really say how good they think he can be, but I think they think this dude could be defensive player of the year type of type of talent. I I I, th- I get that vibe from them. Um, but Owe, you just don't know. So, yeah. like I said, if they go Daniel Hunter route, that kind of tells you. But if they go Houston, that kind of lets you know, okay, they're buying into the Owe hype, uh, but they still would like to have a guy like Houston who already has Owe's ear, a guy that, you know, he won't feel but so threatened by. He, you know, Houston's already been a part of the system. He's already been a part of the rotation. It doesn't change anything that Adafi Owe was already going to do. Um, I, and you like your concern with Houston is the same for me. You know, I'd rather get out too early than get out too late. Um, and Houston did have a good season last year by all accounts had the nine and a half sacks last year, but as the year went on, you know, his production went down and you could make the argument that if he had less, uh, a, a less snap count, because remember that first half of the year, his snap count was through the roof. Yeah. Um, and if that goes down this year, that you know you the idea would be that his production would go up because he'd be fresher um so we'll you know we'll see i I do think they're going to bring somebody in and houston is probably the leading candidate but i get the vibe that they trust both away and ajabo um to uh, at least enough to see what they can do to start the year i would be surprised if we saw the ravens kind of swing for the fences and go and get a guy like daniel hunter i'd be a little shocked by that yeah, I think that you're right in terms of that they do go get him. They they that's a message that they don't trust away fully at the moment, um, and that they need to look into someone that they feel like can play more snaps because um, Houston's probably not going to get a lot of snaps. And yes, Yannick is potentially like you said, he's like a quasi starter at this point. Um, but a guy like Daniel Hunter is a starter, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he ha- having him come here definitely to me would sound like that there's some trouble um, that the Ravens feel a brewing and that they're trying to get ahead of it. So that is definitely something that we'll be interested um, in seeing if the Ravens address this prior to training camp, during training camp. It's definitely something that I think that they are still looking into for sure, Um but who that person will be, I think, is the, the more interesting thing in terms of that, as opposed to if they'll do it. I think it's more so of who they bring in as right. opposed to if they'll bring someone in. So we'll find that out uh, sooner than later, I would think, um, because I think that they would like to bring someone in and have them get acclimated with the system. If it's not a guy like Justin Houston, who already knows the system. So. We'll see where that goes. Um, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to the podcast. You got anything going on for the rest of the week, Cordell? Uh, well, I'll be back on air Thursday night. We got the uh, NBA draft Thursday yes. night, so I'll be talking a lot about that. Of course, we'll still be talking Ravens, O's who are still scorching hot right now. So, you know, I- I'll be doing that on Thursday to pretty much end the week. All right, quick question, and this is a, a question maybe you could ask on the show. Uh, apparently, the NFL cannot lock down a team for hard knocks. Mm-hmm. You making a case for the Ravens or no? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the the Ravens wouldn't be a bad one. They've got the names. 
they, they've got the names right now that the NFL does have a group of teams that they can force to do it. Um, and I think that that'll probably end up being the route that they go. I think it's about four different teams. I know the Lions and the Commanders are part of that group. I struggle remembering who the other teams are. I'm but interested in the Lions if that's Lions it. Lions are an interesting team, for sure. I would definitely be interested in seeing the Lions. The Saints are per- apparently in the mix. Um, that would be interesting because they do have Derek Carr now at their as their quarterback. So that's an interesting dynamic because he's ha- he has to transition from Vegas to New Orleans. So oh, I feel bad for him. Your your commanders on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't need that. I already have to see them up close when they do the joint practice. I I don't I don't need them on hard now. Oh boy. Well, that would be an interesting one considering they got new quarterback, new ownership. Uh that's a lot going on. So They're the enemy of it sounds like he and Todd Monk in a cut from that same cloth. Yeah. So apparently you hear both of them all practice. Yeah, so that that would that would definitely be an interesting one, which would then allow the Ravens to kind of get some play time if the if mm-hmm. it was the Commanders because they do have joint practices coming up. Uh, but yeah, that I'm I'm curious to know who the NFL would definitely pick for that um, Sunday. I'm back on with Glenn from one to four, so we'll be doing that. So thanks to everyone for tuning in from Cordell to me. This is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.